Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season three, episode eight of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Ordinary People, where we learned the background of the originals. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all just ordinary people. We all just got sibling and parent issues. Yeah. It all really do go back to daddy issues, don't it? Literally for every single person. So as always, (laughs) we'll start out by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. With help from Bonnie and Elena, Alaric tries to decipher the meaning behind his recent discovery. Elena and Rebecca engage in a mean girl power struggle until Rebecca finally reveals some of her family's ancient secrets and the violent past she shares with Klaus and Elijah. Damon tries a reckless new approach to make a breakthrough with Stefan, and they're both surprised by an unlikely ally. I think ally is being a little kind, but... Yeah, Ally's a little generous for that relationship, I think, but we'll unpack it. So we open the episode back in the Lockwood Cave, where we ended the last episode. Rick has returned, but this time he brought Elena to, you know, show her what's going on down here. And Elena says, wow, the Lockwoods have no idea these tunnels are under their property. And Alaric says, guess not. (laughs) Yeah, apparently not. And then Rick says, oh, be careful where you shine your flashlight. Bats hate light. And she says, what? She says, excuse me? She said, I will kiss a vampire. I will befriend a werewolf. But one thing I will not do is look at a bat. Yeah, she said, I am not going to have come this far and beat a sacrifice to die of rabies. And she's correct about that. I don't blame her for this. She's done enough for these people. Damon sneaks up and he whispers Elena to scare her. And it works. She does jump. And Alaric says, oh, just ignore him. That's what I do. Um, Elena says, you really can't get in. And Damon says, yeah, I guess even ancient Lockwoods were anti-vampire. We later find out why. Yeah, we later find out uh, it was definitely fair. <laughs> they, they made a good call there. And Elena says, well, what do you mean ancient? And it's then that they're led into the vampire proof part of the cave where they see cave paintings, which admittedly look ancient. Elena asks what it is. And Alaric says, well, as far as I can tell, it's a story, a really old one. Uh, that's an archaeological term. Okay, Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's a it's a cave painting. All cave paintings are stories. But essentially, you know, you went to school for history. I got to defer to you, Alaric. Yeah. He points out what he can tell so far. You know, there's a moon cycle. There's a man, a wolf, a werewolf. <laughs> we can all do the math there. And Damon refers to it as the Lockwood Diaries. Pretty fun little Easter <laughs> egg there. Yeah, little Lockwood Diaries. <laughs> not, not a spinoff I'd watch, I don't think, unfortunately, but... Yeah, it's hard to tell if Julie Pluck was like, you got, would you watch this? Like, she's like, what's the response to that? Uh, And I think the response is there is no even remote possibility that Tyler has ever kept any sort of diary. The response is lukewarm. Show us more Klaus. (laughs) Yeah. And Elena's confused because as far as she knows, the Lockwoods came here with the original founders in the 1860s. And Alex says, yeah, maybe the Lockwoods did, but werewolves have been here a lot longer. Yeah, he's like, all I'm saying is this is definitely pre-1860s. Mm-hmm. And Elena says, how long? And Damon says, long. And then Damon says, oh, Rick, show her the rest. And then he shows there's some names on the wall. They're not native names. They're written in runic, which is a Viking script. Good thing Alert can read Viking. <laughs> I know. Um, translated, the names are Niklaus, Elijah, and Rebecca. And I saw the R on the wall and I was like, does that say Rebecca? And then, of course, it didn't say it, but 
it was what it meant. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we're taken to a flashback and the Chiron doesn't tell us when it is. Uh, but we yeah. know from later in the episode that it's around when they returned, probably about a thousand years ago. Yeah. So give or take a thousand, eleven hundred, really long time ago. Yes. Rebecca is curving her name in the cave. This is the original time that name was curved. She's with Klaus. Klaus wants a turn with the knife, of course. And she <laughs> says, shut up. I don't want to cut my finger. And Klaus says, oh, you know, dad's not going to like you handling the blade. And she says, yeah, well, if I want to, I will. Uh, dad doesn't need to know shit. They're speaking in old fashioned vernacular, but I don't want to talk like that. Yeah. Early feminism, queen. She said, I can do whatever I want. Including stab my brother. Yeah. Um, Klaus says, oh, well, you know, dad's going to find out. He always does. And Rebecca says, yeah, because you always tell him. And he says, well, I can't help it. He scares me. Yeah. Of course, Klaus has always been a little bitch. Yeah. One thing (laughs) about Klaus is he is scared. (laughs) He is scared of pretty much everything. Yeah. He usually doesn't have to be scared of things because he's powerful enough that he can kind of nip anything that scares him in the bud. But he is scared. But he is still scared until he does it. (laughs) And Rebecca says, yeah, well, he frightens all of us. That's why we stick together as one always and forever. We hear always and forever a number of times in this episode. What do you make of that? I think just to call attention to like, it's still a family bond. Family bonds are important. It's like Stefan and Damon, you know, they take some years apart, hating each other, come back. That's what the originals are in the middle of, it seems. Mm -hmm. One of those low periods. Sure. Uh, Klaus, of course, says yes to always and forever. Rebecca says, okay, you can do your name now because I have to go help mom with dinner. And he says, yeah, leave the blades to the men. And then she hands him the knife blade first and cuts his hand. Yeah. And we notice he's like, ew, blood. So it's pretty clear at this point they're not vampires. Yeah. And he says, owie. And he looks at his hand and it doesn't immediately heal. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So they they give us a couple clues for whatever you're going to pick up on. I picked up on the wound. You picked up on the ew. Yeah. The dichotomy of woman. Yeah. Rebecca says, oh, it's just a little blood. Be a man about it. He calms down, starts carving his name. And then we go back to the present day where Elena realizes that, you know, those are the names of the original family. No, duh. Yeah. In case we somehow missed that and forgot their names. Yeah. And Rick says, yeah. And they're carved into this cave and it's been here since way before the founding of Mystic Falls or the entire new world for that matter. And so Elena makes a good assumption here. Very level-headed. She says, well, this has to be one of Klaus's fakes. We know he fakes stuff. This is fake. Yeah, very good reaction here because I wouldn't have had that thought. But it's also like this is before the new world. They might not even know they were in Mystic Falls, quote unquote. Exactly. Like they might not remember where this is. Exactly. Because it's, you know, it looks different now. And it's been a thousand years. I mean, it's okay if they forget some things. Yeah, you can't remember everything. <laughs> Damon also suspected it was one of Klaus's fakes. And Rick says, yeah, that's kind of what we thought might be true, except the last name made us think otherwise. And the other name on the wall is Michael. And Elena says, oh, as in that hunter we're looking for. And Rick says, yeah. And Damon says, well, I like to call him Papa Original. And this is pretty much confirmation, which we get fully confirmed later, that Michael is Klaus, Rebecca, and Elijah's father. How do you feel about this twist? I have to say, and I know no one's going to believe me. They won't. But I guessed this. 
So as diehard fans know, I knew their last name was Mikaelson. I guess Michaelson is how you actually pronounce it. For a while, I, you know, I knew that was Klaus's last name from hashtags. How I famously figured out Elijah and Klaus were brothers. I just want to point out to, to the fans, you may have noticed that Stephanie's been saying Mikaelson this whole time, and I wasn't correcting her. That's because I knew if I said Michaelson, she was going to get to this conclusion a lot quicker than she did. <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten to it before the episode it happened. But I promised before this episode came, I was thinking, you know, I, I do, I noodle these theories during the week. And I was thinking, Michael, son, Michael's son, it's old times. They weren't getting creative with last names. Yeah. So I was like, I bet this is Klaus's dad, which like not his actual dad, quote unquote, because the werewolf is his dad, but like the dad of this family. And I sent Grace a a video of me saying this and she did not respond notably. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. And I said, no, what do you think about that? And she said, I am not saying anything about that. I said, I think that's a theory. Little did I know she was laughing her little booty up at me because she knew that I wouldn't have a chance to say this on mic before we watched the episode. And you don't have to believe me, but I have a sticky note that I wrote it down on. No, I did not date it, but I promise. I knew I had thrown her off the scent long enough because this show, The Vampire Diaries in general, it's about a lot of things. It's about love. Obviously, one of the big themes of this season is family. And it's a big theme of the show, too, ever since, you know, Stefan and Damon are brothers. That's a big part of their relationship and kind of how your love for your family can be complicated. And that we see in the Gilberts. We see it in basically every family on the show. Family is a big theme on the Vampire Diaries. And again, if you know that the Michelson's last name is Michelson and you know this guy's name is Michael and you think about it for like 15 straight seconds, you pretty quickly get to this conclusion. Yeah. And I was thinking this, I had my little Michelson light bulb. And then I was like, well, obviously that makes sense. The Giuseppe Salvatore, Mm -hmm. you know, of this family. Everyone has issues with their dad. It just, you know, there's still a lot of questions at this point as you're watching it. Cause you're like, well, why is he hunting his own kids? That yeah. seems rude. I just want to say, I did guess this. I just guessed it too late to be recorded with any heard proof that I guessed it before I watched the episode. Yeah. No one will believe you. You're just going to have to trust me here. So then Rick starts taking pictures of all the writings, you know, all the drawings he's taking. He doesn't want to hang out in this cave all day. Exactly. And then we go over to Rick's apartment where he's setting up all the pictures. He's studying them. He says, you know, to figure out what story they're telling, we have to decipher the images. In the background, Elena is practicing fighting with Damon while Rick is talking about this. Damon calls her fighting sloppy. She says, shut up, I'm new. She says, I'm just learning how to fight. I've never had to do this before. Damon says, you know, Mason told me that the cave would lead to a weapon that can kill Klaus. And Elena says, yeah, but doesn't Michael have a weapon? And Damon says... Yeah, so the wall likely will lead us to Michael, who we already found and lost. Then he wins the fight that they're practicing and says, bang, you're dead. Elena is annoyed by this. He kind of hugs her tight. It's a little bit of a Delena stands we eaten tonight moment. Mmm, yummy. It's definitely giving flirty. And Alaric, his back is turned. He said, I don't need to fucking watch this. Alaric's not even looking in that direction. He's like, I am totally consumed by the cave paintings. He's like, you guys can make out if you want. I don't give a fuck anymore. It's no longer my business. <laughs> not my circus, not my monkeys. Yeah. Elena walks away from Damon to join Alaric. Alaric says, like, these images might actually tell us what the weapon is. And Elena says, so all we have to do is find out what the images mean. 
And Alok's like, that's what I said. Yeah, looks <laughs> like that's what I've been saying. Uh, Damon says, okay, fine. If I'm being irritatingly optimistic like you two, how do you suppose we do that? And Elena says, okay, well, the story is about the original family living here. Let's go straight to the source. She's thinking. Exactly. And the source, of course, is Rebecca. We go to the school. We see her at cheer practice where she's doing her little flips. You know, if I was super powerful, I would be doing flips too. Do you know how bad I want to do flips? I can't even do a cartwheel. Yeah, if I was super powerful, I would be on the Netflix documentary series Cheer. I would be winning Daytona Bitch. Yeah. I would go up to Monica and I'd be like, you're putting me on Matt, compelling her. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but I'd be so talented I wouldn't need to, but it would just be safe. Exactly. Just to be safe. As she's doing her flips, she runs into Elena, who she's not particularly excited to see. Surprise, surprise. Elena says, hey, I want to talk. And Rebecca says, what about Stefan? Don't worry, I'm off him till he starts treating me better. Which, by the way, you should take a page out of my book. And you know what? She's right. <laughs> she's like, we don't have to put up with that bullshit. But Elena is no nonsense. She's not, you know, going to bite on the Stefan front right now. Instead, mm -hmm. she holds up a picture of Rebecca's name carved into the cave and says, actually, I would rather talk about this. And this is smart because a lot of people try to like go one on one with Rebecca with quips. You're not winning on quips with her. Don't bother with it. I do think Elena handles Rebecca pretty well in this episode yeah. where she's like, I'm not dignifying your bullshit. So number one, she's not fake. Yeah. And number two, she just doesn't give her a lot of chances to like wriggle her way out, which everyone gives her all the time. Yeah. Elena's just kind of like, look, this is what I want from you. Are you going to give it to me or not? Because I'll go if it's not. And Rebecca's mm -hmm. like, fine. Like she's the only one who has gotten any headway with Rebecca. So I was very impressed by this. I wasn't I know. sure. Elena does a very good job in this episode and you wouldn't expect her to. Yeah. But if you think about it, it does make sense. But we'll talk about that more as the episode goes on. Mm -hmm. And then Elena says to Rebecca, you know, I'm curious why you guys have spent a thousand years running from your father. And Rebecca says, what? <laughs> Rebecca says, well, I should get back to the girls. Homecoming is around the corner. And Elena says, you know what? Fine. Maybe I'll ask Michael when we wake him. And she says, <laughs> you're bluffing. No one knows where Michael is. And Elena says, okay, well, then who's rotting in that old cemetery in Charlotte? And Rebecca says, okay, I guess someone does know where Michael is. And Rebecca says, okay, tactic change. Uh, if you wake him, we're all doomed. And Elena says, cool, uh, then tell me. Rebecca says, yeah, why do you want to know? And Elena says, why don't you want me to wake him? And Rebecca says, you know what? I'm going back to the girls. I'm going back to cheer practice. And so she's obviously trying to like, play it off. But as soon as she turns away from Elena, you can tell she's freaked the fuck out. Yeah. And Elena's smart here because she lets her go back to cheer practice. She's like, no, I planted it. You're going to want to talk to me about this later. You're going to deal with it and try to get past it, but you'll be coming back. So then Rebecca's freak out brings us into a flashback back to the thousands. Uh, Rebecca <laughs> calls someone named Henrik. It's a little boy who we haven't seen before and we won't see much longer. Yeah. And to be fair, he didn't look like he was long for this world anyway. That boy was sickly. Yeah, he was sickly. He was not getting enough food. That boy 100% had hemophilia. <laughs> I know it. I know it in my heart of hearts. Rebecca says, oh, our brothers are fighting again. And they run over and Klaus and Elijah are having a sword fight in their fun wigs. Elijah's hair is what I want my hair to look like. It doesn't so much work on him. It does not suit him, but it is beautiful. Yeah. Whereas Klaus's hair suits him, but isn't as beautiful. 
I will say these, I think these wigs are better than the 1400s wigs. I hated the 1400 wigs. Yes. I, well, I think they have a much higher budget now. And yeah. I think they learned a lot from the 1400s wigs. Yeah. They took that as a learning experience. That wig on Elijah in the 1400s was hurtful. Yeah, that was that was a bad one. And Klaus's was oof. none of them were good. Yeah. Their whole hair budget second season went to Catherine. And uh, don't get me wrong, it paid off. It paid <laughs> off. It definitely paid off. But it was unfortunate for the others. Yeah. Elijah says, oh, look, sisters arrived to watch my victory. And Klaus says, on the contrary, she's come to laugh at you. And then Klaus wins their little sword fight. They're all having great fun. He like cuts his little belt off. Fun little move. Very princess bride. Mm-hmm. The boys are laughing. Rebecca's laughing. We're all having a fun time. And then their parents start approaching Michael. And we later learn her name is Esther, their mother. Mm-hmm. Michael looks absolutely ridiculous in this flashback. He looks like everyone else looks like kind of period wise. Michael's wearing a weird amount of leather. His wig is a little too short. It's like pirate vibes yes. on him. Like everybody else looks like, you know, a middle class thousands family hanging out. Then it's like, where'd you get those four vests you're wearing all at once? Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, so you took all the money from the family for clothes, huh? Gift of the Magi had asked. Yeah, you can tell his pride is his greatest weakness because he clearly takes a lot of pride in the way he dresses, though I don't know that he should. And I don't know, maybe have some pride in the way you treat your children, but that's me. Yeah, maybe that's where you should focus your pride. Michael is not likable. He is mean, mean. <laughs> no reason. Yeah. Like at this point, no one's killed a brother. No one's killed a mom. What's your fucking excuse for being an asshole? Yeah, he's like, so he walks up to them and Esther's like, relax, Michael. But for some reason, Michael is already seething. Because they were like playing. <laughs> you know, Esther says, oh, Niklaus means well. And Michael says, that's my problem. And I don't really understand why he's mad here specifically because he seems to just be mad at Klaus and he doesn't know that Klaus isn't his son yet. I thought maybe he knew that and that's why he was mad. No, Rebecca says later that he only found out after they had transitioned and Klaus made a human kill and transitioned to a werewolf because or else how would he know he had the werewolf gene? Okay. So he doesn't know that yet. And both Klaus and Elijah are sword fighting. So like, yes, Klaus won the sword fight. But why is he taking all the brunt of his anger? Well, and all the other kids are like watching, cheering it on. Yeah. It's not like <laughs> Klaus is forcing them to do anything. <laughs> like it, there's no reasoning for why he's pissed. So it just seems like he's a mean dude. Yeah. And, you know, Rebecca mentioned earlier that they're all afraid of him. So Michael goes up. He takes Elijah's sword. Elijah gives it to him pretty quick. Obviously, Elijah's afraid of him, too. And. He says, oh, hey, Klaus, why don't you teach me that trick you just did, young warrior? And Klaus says, "Okay, like we were just having fun. And Michael's like, oh, we fight for a survival and you find time for fun. I want to have fun. Teach me. And it's like, "Okay." well, it's like, why are you so mad? They're kids, dude. I mean, we don't officially know their ages at this point, but they're kids ish. Yeah, they're young. And also, like, what do you mean fight for your survival? At this point, you hide in a cave once a month. Yeah, you seem to be pretty well off. You have neighbors you like, like you're not at the plague anymore. Only one kid died as a baby. Only one kid died in infancy. That's a pretty high success rate for, yeah. you know, your time. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that this is the thousands. 
Like maybe be a little thankful for what you have, King. Sorry, you lost one kid. You have enough food to feed all your kids. Yeah, there's not a fucking famine going on. You got away from your homeland that had a disease. You have a witch on your side. Yeah, two witches on your side. One was your wife. So I don't really know what his fucking beef is. Yeah. So then they fight. Of course, Michael wins. He disarms Klaus and he holds the sword to his throat. And again, he's a human at this point. Um, Michael calls him foolish and impulsive again for having fun with his brother for having a fun little sword fight with his brother. Like, what else is he going to do? Go watch TV? He can't. It's the thousands. What do you want him to do? Because I know, I know in my heart, if Klaus had been like picking flowers or some shit, Michael would have beat him up and been like, stop being a pansy. Yes. Like, there is no winning here. I know. And then Michael says, no more laughter. And it's like, okay, could you be any more obvious of a villain? Yeah, dude, give us some doubt that you're like not horrible. And Klaus seems truly scared of him. And then Esther is like, hey, dude, uh, I think you made your point. And because he, I guess, thinks he hasn't made his point, he stabs the dirt next to Klaus's head and says, some days it's a miracle you're still alive, boy. What? It's a miracle every single one of you is alive. It's like 900 AD. (laughs) There's no modern medicine. You all could die from diarrhea tomorrow. Like, come on, put it in perspective. Why is that Klaus's fault? I'm so, I don't know why he's so mad at Klaus. I really don't. No wonder Klaus is such a little bitch baby who's so worried about what everyone thinks of him because his dad hated him for no reason. Like at least Damon's dad hated him because he deserted the army. Still stupid, but at least you could track a reason. At least Giuseppe Salvatore hated Stefan because he was like pro-vampire. Like, at least he had reasons. Yeah. And it's I'm not going to say that he doesn't have reasons to be mad at Klaus eventually. But at this point, he does not have any reason. Yes. As far as we can tell. I don't know. And so we go back to present day and we see Rebecca, like, you know, ruminating on that. Yeah. On that truly sad, formative memory. Yeah. That's that's deep in her psyche. It's been a thousand years and that is fresh. Yeah. She remembers that with perfect clarity. <laughs> Then we go over to Alaric's apartment. He's studying the photos and he's taking notes when he's cracked one. For example, the sun and fangs is vampire. The moon and fangs is werewolf. Makes sense. Elena returns to Rick's apartment and she's on the phone with Damon while he's at the jail. She says she feels confident Rebecca will tell her what she needs to know. She just needs to engage in a little mean girl power struggle. I mean, to be fair to Elena, and this is not a dig in any way, shape or form. She's been friends with Caroline for a long time. Yeah, I said Caroline and Rebecca are similar. And Elena is also a hot, popular girl. So she knows how to deal with hot, popular, mean girls. Yeah. And she also can track Rebecca's thought process a little more. No one else seems to like really take her seriously. because like, oh, Rebecca's just that crazy sister. And it's like she is a full person. You can still find ways in to manipulate her. Yeah, other than flirting, which is all of Stefan and Damon's plans with Rebecca so far. And guess what? Each time they failed. Yeah. Elena says, you know, once we kill Klaus, Stefan's going to be free of his compulsion. Again, Mama, back up from that. Okay. Let that one go. I know things are looking hopeful, but you go. That's not happening. Elena asks how Stefan looks. Damon says pasty and pouty. (laughs) What else is new? Elena says he'll get over it. And then she says, call me later and hangs up. Elena has made some progress here that she's like, he'll get over it. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) 
Elena shares a look with Alaric and says, look, Rebecca's going to come around. And he says, are you sure about that? Because I'm pretty sure a thousand year old vampire has learned the art of patience. Have you met Rebecca? Yeah, mama, she has not. (laughs) She needs another thousand years, buddy. Yeah, that's one thing she hasn't learned. (laughs) She woke up from her 90 year sleep and Stefan wasn't immediately in love with her and she threw a tantrum. Mama, she's not learned. And she woke up from her 90 years sleep and immediately stabbed her brother. Yeah. Like- Elena says, yeah, she is a thousand year old vampire, but she also just joined the cheerleading squad. So there's a whole separate set of rules at play here. And I got this. Yeah. Elena's like, she immediately started high school and joined cheerleading. I think I understand her psyche <laughs> a little bit more than you do. Yeah. She's like, she woke up, came to school, joined the cheerleading squad and straight up told Caroline she wanted to be as popular as her. She's like, I have watched her take 400 selfies a day. I think I understand her a little bit better than you. Yeah, she says, Rick, can I ask you a question? What does it mean when a girl has feather hair extensions? And he's like, well, in ancient times in this tribe, it meant this. And she's like, no. She said, no. Right now. In present day in 2011. What do you think it means that Rebecca got feather hair extensions? And I'll give you even more information, Alaric. They're pink and black. They're the pink and black ones. And he said, ah. He said, you're speaking a foreign language. (laughs) He said, line. (laughs) And she said, She wants to be popular, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, and she will be. So then we go down to the jail, check in with our brothers. Damon opens the door and Stefan says, hey, you know, if you guys are going to keep me locked in here for a decade, we can skip routine visits. And Damon says, hey, buddy, you know me. I'm not a big champion of Lexi's recovery plan, but Elena thinks this is going to break you down, make you feel again, blah, blah, blah. And Stefan says, oh, yeah, we should all listen to Elena. Her plans always work, which I get the joke here, but your plans ain't working, King. I think you've all had a similar success rate on plans. Yeah. I do think if anything, Elena's is higher. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Elena woke Elijah. That worked. You all made fun of her. Y'all made fun of her for going to find Slater to ask questions. Y'all keep making fun of her. But Stefan, you're the one who, when (laughs) Rebecca and Klaus were looking for that necklace, your plan was, hope they don't find it. Yeah, they found out about the necklace. And then two days later, they were in Mystic Falls, Stefan. So let's think about how well you did there. Yeah. But, you know, he's coming from a place of anger. Stefan says, hey, Damon, why are you here? And Damon says, it's family day at Vampire Rehab. Just visiting. Uh, I want to bond like brothers. And Stefan says, can you please leave? Uh. (laughs) And Stefan changes his tactics to make Damon leave. He says, you know, Klaus might want to keep Elena alive, but she's not safe with Rebecca. Damon does call his bluff here, which I think is kind of a bluff, but also kind of true. Damon says, liar, you're compelled to protect Elena. And if you thought she was actually in danger, you'd work a little harder to get out. I'm like, yeah, Rebecca's kind of crazy in a loose cannon, but I do think she's smart enough to not kill Elena. Mm -hmm. Would she like bite her and maybe fuck with her a little? Yes. But would she kill her? No, because that would turn Klaus against her. And that's one way to get back to Coffinville. She doesn't want to be there. Yeah, and she's loving being a cheerleader, so she would like to stay out of the coffin for a little while longer. Yeah, the last thing she's going to do is let Klaus dagger her before homecoming, okay? Yeah, she is getting on homecoming court if it kills her. And Stefan says, yeah, okay, you're good. You got me. You can leave now. Yeah, Stefan's like, please leave. I'm begging. And Damon says, wow, you really have given up. And Stefan says, no, this is my happy face. Ha ha ha. And then Damon decides to change tactics by taking the chains off Stefan. Which I got to tell you, I was doubting him at this point. Yeah, I was like, I don't know about this one. (laughs) And Stefan also doesn't know about this one because he says, what? I do think it's 
you know, it's good. It got Stefan off balance because Stefan is sitting here in this chair like whatever. I'll just be here until they let me out. Yeah. This at least brought him on his toes. He doesn't know what's going on anymore. Exactly. And Damon says, screw this Lexi plan. We could both use a drink and they leave. And Stefan's like, hell yeah. (laughs) So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena comes in and she finds Rebecca having popped open a bottle of champagne. And she seems in like a great mood. She's like, hey, girly. Yeah, she's like, hey, good to see you. And Elena's like, what? And Elena says, you invited me over to talk. And Rebecca says, come on out, girls. She brings out a group of girls. She has them do a twirl. And Elena says, I'm sorry, did you compel a runway show? And Rebecca says, yeah, well, I need a homecoming dress. Pick one. And Elena's like, I'm not here for this. <laughs> yeah, Elena says, I'm not here to help you shop. I'm here to talk about Michael. And I think this is the right move to take with Rebecca. Again, because she's not indulging in the little goofy goofiness just to appease her. Yeah, she's showing Rebecca she means business. She's like, look, I'm not going to fall for all this. Like, I get what you're trying to do. I'm not here for that. It's like, I'm not afraid of you. Talk to me about Michael. You're not going to fucking spin me around all day. Yeah, I'm not going to like just follow along with you being crazy. Like, I know you have a like an actual brain and idea here, girl. And the other thing that's smart that Elena does is she's not faking being her friend to get information. She's like, we're not fucking friends. I'm just talking to you. Which Rebecca respects because Rebecca would prefer if everyone was in love with her, but she hates it more if someone is pretending to like her. Yeah, she would rather her and Elena understand that they both don't like each other Then Elena, like, act fake to her. That would have gotten Elena killed. (laughs) Yeah. And so Rebecca, but Rebecca does need help picking a homecoming dress. It's her one favor. Yeah. (laughs) So she goes to bite a girl and says, okay, Elena, pick one. And Elena, kind soul that she is, doesn't want a girl to die just because she didn't pick a dress. Um, And Elena picks the red one. And actually, it would have been justified for Elena here to pick the ugliest dress in the lineup. But she doesn't. She actually picks the best dress in the lineup. Yeah. So that was pretty nice of her. She gives Rebecca some respect. And I think Rebecca takes that to heart. Rebecca put one ugly dress in the lineup and said, if Elena picks that, then I'm killing the girl either way. Yeah. And Rebecca (laughs) said, "Okay, you passed the test because you picked the cutest dress. Rebecca sends the girls away, tells them to remember nothing. Doesn't bother getting her dress. (laughs) Yeah. She'll get that later. And then she tells Elena, what you're not going to do is threaten me. Okay, you're going to allow you're going to learn what I allow you to learn. And Elena looks a little bit spooked, but I think she knows that Rebecca's playing tough just to get ahead of it. Yeah, Rebecca's kind of at a disadvantage here because Elena showed up with some leverage. And so Rebecca has to have some sense of power for a second. Mm -hmm. She's trying to even the playing field. But the fact is, is that Elena's holding all the cards right now. And Elena knows that, which is why she kind of lets her do a little power play. Yeah. So then we go over to Alaric's apartment. Bonnie comes in. She arrives. She brought him the necklace. These two haven't really had a scene to themselves yet. So this is a little bit weird territory at first. It's it's like you and me have never really clicked, have we? (laughs) He says, hey, are you okay?" Because he obviously has heard that, you know, uh, she got cheated on with a ghost. He definitely heard the whole story and he does feel bad about it. She says she's been better. And Alaric takes a moment to try to comfort her. He says, you know, Jeremy's an idiot. And I know that because I was once a Jeremy. First of all, don't say that about yourself, King. I'd be like, oh, you dated a ghost? Yeah. Oh, you wanted to fuck a ghost? Shut the fuck up. He said, you met Isabel. <laughs> yeah. He said, you, you understand. And he says, we all learn eventually. And Bonnie seems appreciative of this conversation. But if I was Bonnie, I'd be like, you're my history teacher. Don't talk to me like this. Yeah. And not for nothing. When did Alaric learn? Like a year ago when he met Jenna? 
not boding well. Does not bode well for Mr. <laughs> Jeremy Gilbert. It's still nice of him to do it. But yeah, if I were Bonnie, I'd be like, we don't have to do this right now. Alaric is really taking on the role of father figure for everyone in this group. Yeah. And then Rick says, okay, now that we're done with that, let's get to business. He holds up a photo. He says, you know, I've been staring at this all day because I thought it was familiar. Bonnie clocks as Rick does. It's the same design from the necklace that belonged to the original witch. That would not explode in a fire. Yes. And Alaric says this necklace belonged to the witch that put the hybrid curse on Klaus. So it represents the original witch or it represents witch at least. And they do a good job here of being very vague about witch. They're really setting you up to not suspect that the mother is the witch. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house where Rebecca has led Elena up to Stefan's room. And she says, "Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Hey, if I'm staying at this house, I'm snooping. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's Stefan, who I was like notably in love with and he dumped me. I'm looking in his room and he can't possibly come walk in on you snooping because he's locked in a dungeon right now. And he famously keeps diaries of every moment of his life and keeps very important secret things in plain view, as we saw with Chekhov's picture of Catherine. Yeah, I'm looking through that room. Yeah, I would never leave that room. (laughs) That's my room now. Yeah, I don't need a TV. I'm good. (laughs) Lena says, well, we shouldn't be here. And Rebecca says, yeah, of course we should. She picks up some boxer briefs, which she remarks is a change from the 20s. And Elena's like, okay. <laughs> Elena says, you're going to go through his stuff all day or you want to tell me your story? Again, Elena, not giving her an inch of socialization. And Rebecca's like, well, I want to look through my- his stuff all day, but since you're fucking here. <laughs> Rebecca's like, what I really want is a girlfriend who indulges me, but I guess I'm not getting that from you, bitch. Yeah, if you didn't even respond to the boxer briefs, what are you giving me? <laughs> yeah. Rebecca says, you really are no fun. Okay, what do you want to know? And Elena says, okay, so Elijah told me that your dad was a landowner in Europe. So how'd you end up in Mystic Falls? And Rebecca says, well, my parents had just started a family when a plague struck their homeland and they lost a child to it. So they wanted to escape the plague and protect their family. So they came here. And Elena says, okay, but this part of the world hadn't even been discovered yet. So like, how'd they even get here? And Rebecca says, well, it wasn't discovered by anyone in your history books, but my mother knew the witch Ayana, who heard from spirits of a mystical land where there were waterfalls. Just kidding. Mystic falls. (laughs) Uh, She learned of a mystical land uh, where everyone was healthy, blessed with gifts of speed and strength. So we moved here to be among them. Elena connects the dots. She says, oh, werewolves. See, if I'm hearing of a land where everyone is extra speedy and extra strong, do I really want to be the slowest person there? But yeah, better than a plague, I suppose. I think the fact that everyone is healthy is nice. Yeah, you have me at healthy. <laughs> I wonder if they thought when they moved there, they were going to become werewolves. Poss- I bet they thought that like it was. A po- I don't know if they thought that. It's hard to say. I don't know if they did either. I think they just thought they'd be around other healthy people. So can't catch a plague from someone who's healthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And Rebecca says, you know, to us, they weren't werewolves. They were our neighbors. And we lived in peace for 20 years when my family had more children, including me. She's like, including the star of the story, me. (laughs) Including the (laughs) protagonist of this tale, one Rebecca. (laughs) Elena says, that sounds really normal. And Rebecca says, you know, it was. So then we go back to the old times. We're often in the old times in this episode and Rebecca's narrating. She says, once a month, we retreated to the caves beneath the village and the wolves would howl through the night and we would return home in the morning. 
in olden times, Rebecca touches a bunch of necklaces, you know, lined by the window. We see, including the original witch's necklace, Mm -hmm. which burns her. And a witch looks on and Rebecca says, ow, Ayana, you burned me. And Ayana says, well, that's not yours to touch. We know from some other lines, Ayana is a witch. She's saying, don't touch that necklace. It's not yours. That tricks our brains into thinking, so that Ayana, she's the original witch. Got it. Yeah. You're like, okay, that's the original witch. Good to meet her. That's her necklace. Rebecca shouldn't be touching her necklace. Moving on. (laughs) They really throw you off every single scent. Then from outside, Klaus is calling for his mother's help. And Rebecca hears that. She's like, well, it sounds like something's wrong. You think? Yeah, that's why he's calling for help. And then she sees him carrying a body. It is Henrik. He is bloody and pretty limp. Yeah, he's he's looking pretty dead. And we get it pretty much confirmed that he's dead right away. So Esther, Rebecca, and Ayana gather, and Rebecca tells us what happened to Henrik. Basically, one full moon, Klaus and Henrik snuck out to watch the men become wolves, uh, which was, of course, forbidden. And we pretty quickly learn why. It's because they kill Henrik. Yeah, well, I could have told them that was a dumb idea. And see, now here I would understand why Michael is mad at Klaus. Like, yeah, this is a reason. He essentially led to your son being dead. It's not his fault, but obviously Klaus feels very guilty for this. He's very sad. Must have been very hard for him. I do feel bad for Klaus in this moment. Because again, Henrik was about to die anyway. Yeah, because that that kid had hemophilia. That boy was unwell. That kid had something in his body that was fighting him. Okay. The wolves did a favor. Yeah. And Henrik said to a wolf, look, I think I may have the first ever case of leukemia. So if you could kill me, that would be great. Yeah. The wolf bit him and they're like, ah, this blood tastes disgusting. What's in here? Like, ew, something's wrong with this. That's why they didn't eat Klaus. Yeah. So Klaus is crying. He is shaking, crying, throwing up. He's like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. His mom is sad. And so Esther's like, hey, Ayana, thank you so much for being here. I know you're a witch. You can bring him back to life. And Ayana says, Ugh, nope, he's dead. Can't bring him back. There's consequences for that, which I will not be partaking in. Yeah, Ayana said, no, I won't be doing that. Ayana said, that does not sound like my problem. OK, Mama. She said, it's not my fault. The little tiny sick boy wanted to go watch wolves. That doesn't seem like my issue. Ayana's like, I'm sorry, you want me to wake up the little kid with spina bifida? You want me to wake up sister's fib- cystic fibrosis over there? She's like, let me tell you something. I, I bring him back to life. He's dead in two years. That kid has scurvy and syphilis. Yeah, that kid has the plague from the old country. Who do you think gave your homeland the plague? It was Henrik. Anyway, rest in peace, Henrik. I feel like it's a really, really low blow for me to make fun of the dead eight-year-old, but here I am. Poor Henrik. He could have been an original if he just didn't watch the wolves. Yeah. Hope it was worth it. Although they wouldn't have wanted to become originals if he didn't die. So he died for a good cause. Yeah. So thanks, Henrik. Your death was not in vain. Your death brought us the sexy Salvatore brothers. (laughs) But anyway, Ayana says, yeah, your boy is gone. Uh, I don't have any. The spirit's got nothing for you here. Rebecca says, so that was the beginning of the end of peace with our neighbors and one of our family's last moments together as humans. So then we go back to the present. Elena is clearly very affected by this story. Rebecca left out that Henrik was going to die anyway. And And Rebecca's telling he was very healthy. Yeah. And then Elena's cell phone vibrates and Rebecca is kind of shaken out of the emotional moment. She says, you know, you should get that. That'll be Damon checking on you. 
And so Elena does get it because it is Damon checking on her. He's at a dive bar. He says he doesn't know where he is, but he feels underdressed. <laughs> okay. And you can hear it over the phone. He's very clearly in a bar. Yeah. He asks if she's okay. And she says, yeah, I'm fine, but I can't really talk right now. And then Stefan from Damon's side of the phone says, I'll be at the bar. And Elena hears it. She says, hey, is that Stefan? And Damon says, okay, so I went off book, but I do know what I'm doing. And Elena's naturally pretty pissed that she let that he let him out. But he's like, oh, I got it. Actually, um, I'm going to hang up now. Bye. And she's like, okay, well, I'll keep working my side of this, I guess. Yeah, Elena says, I can't do anything about that now. So Damon sits at the bar with Stefan and he says, all right, what are we drinking? And Stefan says, ooh, how about something a little warmer and blonder? So the waitress is blood. When he said, uh, like, I'm going to go to the bar, I'm like, what kind of drink is he getting? <laughs> he said, y'all got blood here? I was like, I'm not sure it's going to be bourbon. So Damon calls the waitress over. Her name is Callie. She looks very sweet. I do feel bad for her. Actually, she's okay. She lives. Yeah, she's fine. Damon orders a shot of whiskey for himself. And then he says for his brother, he wants a shot of Callie. And he compels her. But I want to point out that he says, like, my brother will have a shot of you. And he compels her. That's very vague compulsion. If yeah. I'm the waitress, I'm not offering my arm. I'm like, oh, so you want my number? <laughs> yeah, literally. I'd be like, here's my number. Yeah, she puts out her wrist and it's like, oh, you got that that fast? Yeah, you picked up on that? I thought at least she'd like cut her blood and put it in a shot glass for him. Like still do the waitress part of it. Yeah, the service here sucks. You're not <laughs> getting a tip. Really do it yourself here, huh? I had to come get my own. I had to pour my own drink. <laughs> So Stefan says, okay, so what's the catch, Damon? And Damon says, no catch, drink up, it's all on me. So Damon blocks the eyeline of the bar as Stefan, you know, bites Callie's arm. And then we, you know, go a little bit in the future. They've been drinking for a while. They're playing quarters at a table. Callie's sitting at the table with them, ignoring all the other customers. Um, I can't blame her. They're the hottest guys here. And she's being compelled. <laughs> yeah, I'd be doing that too. You don't need to compel me. I'm here. Yeah. Who else am I going to sit with? The bikers? I'm watching. I'm cheering when a quarter goes in. I'm really being an, an active audience member. Yeah, I'm having a good time. And then Damon sends Callie to go get them a new bottle of whiskey because they're really putting it away. And Damon says, you know, you've been on the bunny diet for the better part of 50 years. So how is it that St. Stefan is good at a drinking game? And Stefan says, well, I had a ton of time to practice, wallow in despair, wallow in guilt, regret my existence. It's precision born of tragic boredom. OK, fine. I'm obsessed with him being so depressed. He's an alcoholic, but he's like playing quarters while he does it. <laughs> it's like the only joy he gets is throwing a coin. It's like, boy, I'm begging you to get a hobby or something. Learn to crochet. You got to find something to do, buddy. Go read a book. Go watch Seinfeld. Remember how you love Seinfeld? Yeah. Start brewing your own beer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, literally. Just find anything. To go on walks. Get a fucking job. Yeah, literally get a job. I'm sorry. You can leave any time. You don't have to be good at it. There's no pressure, but like, please go somewhere. You don't even have to really interview. You can compel yourself a job. Or if you're actually so bored, maybe don't compel it. Maybe actually go through interviews. Yeah. Just to see. Go to college again. Yeah. Then you can play drinking games and, you know, not be alone. Yeah. And just drink alcohol. Yeah. A lot of options other than play quarters by yourself. But for whatever reason, that's what Stefan chose. He liked to torture himself. We saw yeah, that. That is on. kind of his thing. Self-hatred. Damon says all that effort wasted telling you that you were boring and now you agree with me. And Stefan says, OK, you know what, Damon? You're worse than Elena because Stefan can see through that. Obviously, this is 
a different version of the same thing. Yeah. He knows reverse psychology when he sees it. Yeah. And he says, you know, you're getting me drunk, the brotherly bonding. You think I'm going to break down and you can pull me from the edge. And Damon says, you know what? As a matter of fact, I happen to like the edge. The problem is you can't resist falling over it. See, and this is what you do with reverse psychology. They say you're 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 using reverse psychology on me and you're like, no, that's stupid. Like, I'm not dumb enough to try that. Anyway, here's more reverse psychology. (laughs) You just reverse psychology that. Yeah, you just Uno reverse again. Yeah. And Damon says, you know, Stefan, you're all or nothing. You can't just be. But who am I to judge? And then they keep playing quarters. But he's like, but that's not my business. (laughs) That's none of my business. Withdrawn. (laughs) So then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Rebecca is laying in Stefan's bed, reading one of his journals. And Elena says, okay, have you gotten your fill of snooping so we can get on with the story? And she says, no. She (laughs) says, actually, I haven't gotten my fill of snooping. And you're the one who took a phone call. Yeah. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) But Rebecca does come over to continue the story. But she sees a picture of Stefan and Elena back from Friday Night Bites because he's got his football jersey on. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, honestly, I don't get you two as a couple. Very cutting. But Elena doesn't let that affect her because, again, Rebecca's obviously just trying to upset Elena. But Elena says, why would you? You don't know who he really is. Yeah, Elena is like, clearly you're trying to get under my skin. Like, whatever, I just won't let you. Who cares? Like, of course, you don't get us as a couple. You've been dead for 90 years. Yeah, you don't really know me that well. <laughs> Rebecca smiles and puts the photo down because she can tell she's about to, like, burn Elena. She says, I know exactly who he is. He's a vampire a predatory species with no time to care about humans and their silly little lives. And she really thinks she ate. And Elena immediately turns it on her and says, oh, so is that why you did that little runway show earlier? Because you don't care about homecoming? The way Elena has just shit on her whole life. She shit on Rebecca's like cool little scary thing to put her off bounds when she got there and shit on her just trying to burn Elena. Like Rebecca got fucking backhanded. It is a deep cutting burn because Rebecca's like, oh, I don't care about anything. Rebecca And Elena's like, well, clearly you care about homecoming. Yeah. And Rebecca's like, <clears throat> Rebecca doesn't really have a comeback for it. She is kind of mad that Elena burned her, but in a way she also kind of respects it. Yeah. She's like mad that she saw through her enough to burn her in that way. But she's like, okay, you know what? This is someone I can tell this story to because she's worthy of it. And then Elena twists the knife because she wants... Rebecca a little bit demoralized she wants because she knows that Rebecca is enjoying the attention that telling the story is getting her so Elena just needs to threaten that attention yeah oldest trick in the book so Elena says you know what I'm gonna go and Rebecca says I haven't even told you half the story yet and Elena says and you're not gonna okay you're just bored and you're looking for someone to push around well you're not gonna get it from me go compel yourself a friend ouchie burn (laughs) because you know Rebecca has compelled herself friends in the past and she's like fuck dude (laughs) that is how you get someone who wants attention you just stop giving them attention and they will fall at your feet it takes literally two seconds yeah and rebecca pretty much immediately fell at elena's feet she says the necklace wasn't stefan's to give we cut to elena with her back to rebecca and she smiles she says oh i have this bitch wrapped around my finger she said i know i fucking ate that dude yeah And she did. Rebecca says the necklace belonged to the original witch. And Elena says, oh, the one who put the curse on Klaus. And Rebecca says, not just the hybrid curse. She also turned us into vampires. 
So this confirms for us that magic was used to turn them into vampires and that's how vampires were created. I'm sure you've guessed that before. It's pretty clear. I definitely did. It's, you know, there are only so many ways a vampire could come to be. Exactly. So then we do a flashback. Michael and Esther are like begging Ayana to do something. Michael is asking Ayana to call upon the spirits before the next full moon, because I guess they think that the werewolves are going to kill all of them. Like, just stay in your basement. Don't be Henrik. Yeah, just don't leave the cave that's been working for you guys for 20 years. But that's me. Clearly, it's a pride thing for Michael. He wants to somehow win this. He just wants to be better than the werewolves. Yeah, which is like, okay, fine. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. And Ayana says, yeah, okay, I'm not going to do that. Again, it's a crime against nature, just like when you tried to tell me to save your little sickly boy. Um, I'm not fucking doing that. And Esther says, please, we've lost too much. We can't lose more. We need the spirits to protect our children. First of all, again, you only lost two kids. For the thousands, you got to keep three out of five kids into adulthood. That's a pretty big success rate for that time. Mm -hmm. Y'all are just greedy. Exactly. But that's me. And so then in present day, Rebecca says, you know what? I'm thirsty. Want a drink? And Elena follows. Elena says, okay, so vampirism was a form of protection. And Rebecca says, yeah, what else would it be? And Elena says, a curse. I thought Elena was going to say like, like a cool power thing, you know, like, (laughs) but no, curse is what her mind is because that's what Stefan thinks. Yeah. And Rebecca says, well, my parents only saw a way to keep their kids alive. That's what they saw vampirism as. And Elena says, okay, quick hole in their logic if they were afraid of the werewolves why didn't they leave and rebecca says yeah pride my father didn't want to run he wanted to fight the werewolves he wanted to be superior to them in all ways he wanted to be stronger than them he wanted to be faster than them so then we do another flashback where michael's like oh my god you know everything could be heightened our family could live forever this sounds awesome and ayana says okay again there's a cost to these things uh the magic you're asking me to do there's lots of consequences. And this is the makings of a plague. Okay. The spirits are going to turn on you, Esther. And Esther says, but please. <laughs> yeah. And Esther says, blah, blah, blah. You've said that. I still would like it though. And Ayana says, okay, well, I'm not going to have any part in that. And she leaves. Yeah. Ayana's like, no, y'all do your own thing. That's not me. And Michael says, okay, well, if she won't protect our family, then it's in your hands alone, my love. He turns to Esther and says this. And in present day, Elena says, in her hands, how could she do anything? Yeah, what the fuck's she going to do? And Rebecca says, my mother was also a witch. The witch of the original family. The original witch. Rebecca's like, I really have to spell this out for you. Yeah, now let's <laughs> unpack this reveal. This is our other big reveal of the episode is that the original witch is actually Rebecca and Elijah and Klaus's mom. This reveal is particularly funny to me because it makes you feel so stupid. Yeah. Because you're like, of course, the original witch is related to them. Of course, the original witch is related to the originals. Like it's in the name. (laughs) Why else would the witch make them vampires? Because I was like, what the fuck would a witch be doing? Why would she want to upset the balance of nature? We saw Ayana be like, why would I want to upset the balance of nature? But then she said, no, they're my babies, though. Exactly. And it's also like, why would the original witch care so much about Klaus specifically and being mad at him? Yeah, because it's his mom. (laughs) Yeah. It crystallizes so much and it makes so much sense, but it's very hard to guess. A lot of these reveals on the Vampire Diaries are like this, like the sun and the moon curse being fake. It's like, okay, yeah, when I really, if I really sat down and thought about it, I maybe could have gotten there, but for some reason I couldn't. 
I just bought what they told me. I just was, I was along for that. I was like, yeah. And it helps. They've set up that most witches are black. They have. Yeah. Cause I was like, she can't be a witch. She's white. <laughs> exactly. It's like, what's that white lady going to do? What's the white bitch named Esther going to do? As soon as they say that Esther is the original witch, you're like, oh shit, I was just being racist, huh? Yeah, that is true. They set you up to be like a little bit racist. It's like, oh, oops. Um, And then Rebecca says, where do the Salvatores keep the vintage alcohol? Yeah, she's like, I'm not having any of this cheap shit. And Elena says, wait, so if your mom was a witch, then, and then Rebecca catches on and she's like, no, I'm not. A witch is nature's servant and a vampire is an abomination. You can be one or the other, but never both. You think that's true? I think in theory, but I bet you could. Well, no, I I do think that's true because I feel like you'd be, you know, born a witch and learn how to use the powers. And if you were a vampire, like in theory, you would just lose access to those powers because you'd have different powers. Sure. I think that makes sense. I could see that not being true, but I'm I think that's the baseline. Like generally, you can't be both. That's not to say there's not an exception to the rule because there's always an exception to the rule. Sure. But generally just wanted to ask whenever you ask a question like that, I'm like, well, it can't be true now that she asked me that. But I was like, no, I have to make a decision there. You have to follow your own gut. Rebecca says that their mother did this for them, but didn't turn herself. And so Elena says, oh, so how did you turn? And Rebecca goes on to explain the spell. She says that her mom called upon the sun for life and the ancient white oak tree, one of nature's eternal objects for immortality. Now, for listeners who don't know, Stephanie knows a lot about plants. Mm -hmm. Any significance to the choice of the white oak tree in this particular case that you can think of? Uh, Oaks are just long-lived trees. Is a white oak real? Yeah. Okay. So there are white oaks, red oaks, and black oaks. They're kind of big families, and they generally have slightly different leaves. But oaks are also known. I don't know that this has any relevance or that they thought about this at all. Oaks are known for hybridizing very easily. So you can get a tree that like you cannot tell what species it is because it looks like four different species of oaks because they've hybridized so many times. Oh, but I think the only significance they're looking at is that it's a very long lived tree. Oaks are very common. You know, we think of oaks with rebirth, with acorns. Well, and I think they're looking for a tree that is rare. So I think the idea that they hybridize a lot, that like one that is pure white maybe is special. It could also just be that it's a like it's a common enough tree that there would be a long-lived white oak tree somewhere. Sure. And it sounds cool from a screenwriting perspective. And then Rebecca says that that night after Esther did the spell, Michael fed them wine laced with blood, and then he drove his sword through their hearts. And Rebecca says he didn't do it delicately. Yikes. I bet he was a little too happy stabbing Klaus. Yeah, I think he probably was pretty excited to stab Klaus in a way that is truly... Um, terrifying i'm sure he stabbed klaus more than once yeah just a couple after he was dead and esther said okay get over it so then we go back to the flashback as rebecca narrates it's rebecca and klaus waking up and they have blood on their night clothes so you can tell it's post being stabbed by their father they're catching up about what happened Uh, they died and klaus says it's okay we'll be all right and michael brings in a village girl and he says okay you guys want to live drink up we have to finish what we started And they said, we, (laughs) yeah, I think I have to finish what you started when you killed me. I think you just killed me after dinner right now. Because what I remember is you let me have wine for the first time and then you stabbed me. 
yeah, that wasn't my favorite of her family dinners, dad. And then he says, whatever, drink blood. Rebecca does pretty easily, but Klaus really fights it at first. Yeah, Rebecca like isn't super into it, but she does drink it. And Klaus is like freaked the fuck out. Also because as we can imagine, his death was pretty violent from his dad. And he's like, I don't really know if I want to trust what you're saying right now. It's like, I don't like you. I think you want me dead though. Rebecca says that drinking blood for the first time was euphoric, that the feeling of power was totally indescribable. However, Ayana was right about the consequences. Yeah. And basically the consequences she describes are things we know about vampires now. The spirits turned on them, nature fought back. There was a weakness for every strength. For example, the sun burned them, but then their mom quickly learned how to make daylight rings. So that's not a problem. Yeah. She immediately figured out how to make daylight rings. So amazing that vampires just didn't tell people that they could walk in the sun, which I guess maybe not everyone figured it out that fast, but yeah, maybe not everyone has an ally who's a witch. Yeah. Because obviously Ayana was like, oh, you guys are freaks of fucking nature. I'm out of here. So probably every, every other witch is like, okay, freak of fucking nature. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I heard about you from my friend Ayana. Yeah, Ayana told me about this. And then they also found out that neighbors who had opened their homes to them could keep them out, inviting in. Plus, the flowers at the base of the white oak, we recognize as vervain, burn them and prevent compulsion. And the spell decreed that the tree that gave them life could also take it away. So they burned the white oak tree and the family watches it. Here's my question. You think that tree is all the way burned? Do you think we're going to see some white oak wood later in the season? I think there's definitely some white oak wood around. Whether it's all the way burnt or someone cut a little stake out beforehand. (laughs) Sure. Well, because we also know from earlier in the season that the ash of the white oak tree is what helps the dagger to work for originals. Yeah. That temporarily, you know, immobilizes them. So the white oak we've heard about before, but we don't know. We've never, we've only seen it in ash form. So we don't know for sure that there's any wood around. You can imagine if anyone has that wood, it would be one of the originals. Because you can imagine they would have been able to cut it beforehand. You know, the one who would think of something that would allow them to kill a family member. It seems like Michael. He said, I liked killing my children too much. Notably someone who's already killed his children once. He couldn't get enough the first time. Yeah, must have been awful fun for you, buddy. As they watch it burn, we see Rebecca go after a man and drink his blood. She said that the darkest consequence was one that her parents hadn't foreseen. That since blood had made them reborn, they craved blood above all else. Vampires drink blood. We know that is like the defining characteristic of vampires. So of course, when she says that, I'm like, how'd your parents not foresee that? Then I have to remember there were no vampires before that. Yeah, they didn't know what a vampire was. They just wanted to be immortal. (laughs) Yeah. And Rebecca says, and with that, the predatory species was born. So that's how vampires were created. There we go. Finally, that storyline. So then we go back to the dive bar. Damon is dancing on the bar with some gals. And over in the corner, Stefan's really doing a number on Miss Callie's neck. Yeah, it's like, hey, get up for air, buddy. Yeah. Some girl walks by and spots it. You can tell she's trying to figure out like if he's kissing her neck or biting it. She's like looking at it because she's like, it kind of seems like he's biting her. Yeah, she's like, but that can't be right. Luckily, Damon catches her and says, hey, uh, run along, forget this. And he also takes her scarf. And then he says, hey, Stefan ease up and then he ties a scarf over Callie's bite and tells her to run along they go to get some more shots so after such a fun brotherly day Stefan says okay 
it's time to fess up. What's the point of this jailbreak? And Damon says, well, I thought you could use a hug. <laughs> but he could. <laughs> yeah, he could use a hug. But, so Stefan digs in. He says, look, both of us know that Elena's going to hate you for letting me out. And we both know that you care what she thinks. And Damon says, you know, maybe I want to remind you what freedom was like before Klaus took it from you. And this is an approach you said you might take in this situation. Yeah, I said it's time to drive that wedge between him and Klaus. And Damon is taking that page. And Stefan says, you know, as long as Klaus is alive, I do what he says. And Damon says, yeah, well, that's my point. You've given up and you can be his little bitch or you can get mad about it and actually do something. He's like, you can keep being up his ass or you can stand up for your fucking self. But Stefan's answer here kind of clarifies a lot of his decision because Stefan says like, Damon, he can't be killed, which I think is a part of why Stefan is so resigned to it because he could be mad that Klaus took his freedom. He could be upset if he turned on his humanity, but he feels pretty hopeless about what's going on. Yeah, because at this point he's like, look, he needs to either undo the compulsion himself or I better just live with it. If I'm mad, it's only going to make it harder on me. Yeah. And I would rather have my humanity off if that's going to be the case, if I'm going to be doing this for eternity. Yeah. Which tracks. Yeah. I track the logic. I track the logic. But Michael approaches them at the bar. We didn't know he was here. He waited for his perfect cue line and he got it. He says, maybe I can help with that, with killing Klaus. (laughs) And he says, Salvatore boys, I presume. And they both perk up and he says, I'm Michael. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, okay, I see. Got it. Not at all concerned that he's up and walking, huh, guys? Yeah. Not afraid, not worried about that. I know. Aren't you weirded out that Catherine didn't tell you that? Yeah. Aren't you like, hey, where's Catherine? They're not thinkers. Yeah. So then we go back over to the Salvatore house. And Elena says, so why did Michael start hunting Klaus? And Rebecca says, okay, so well, when he made his first human kill, it triggered the werewolf gene. And he became their father's greatest shame because he was manifestation of his mother's affair. Elena says, yeah, yeah, I know about the affair. Klaus wasn't Michael's son. I'm all caught up on that family dynamic. And Rebecca says that their mom tried to make it right. She put the hybrid curse on him. She turned her back on him. But Michael's greatest weakness as a human was his pride. And don't we know it? And it got magnified. Yeah. And it's like, dude, get over it. I mean... I'm sorry, but who cares? Well, yeah, it's also like, it's not Klaus's fault he was born. He didn't have the affair. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, look, sorry, one of your kids died when he was hanging out with Klaus. Sorry, your wife had an affair 20 fucking years ago. Get over yourself. It's like, he clearly already hated Klaus. He just needed one ex- another excuse. So then Rebecca says that Michael, very upset about, Klaus not being his child and about Esther's response to it, which he felt, you know, wasn't enough. Michael went on a rampage and killed half the village and then came home and killed Esther, saying that she broke his heart so he would break hers and tore it out while Klaus watched. That's the story Rebecca heard. And when you know it's a lie, it's very funny because the line, she broke his heart so he would break hers, could not more clearly have been written by Klaus. Yeah. And it's just convenient that only Klaus was there. And it's, you know, in all these years, I know that, you know, Klaus got Rebecca first. Yeah. Did Michael never think to be like, hey, I'm not the one who killed your mom. Or uh, he seems like he was just busy hating his kids when I feel like he could have like 
gotten around this himself. Yeah. It seems like he caused himself more trouble than he needed to. Because mm-hmm. after all of this, the story as Rebecca knows it, is that their father ran off in a rage and the rest of the family scattered except Nick and Elijah to help her bury their mother. So I have to ask you a question about this line. She says the rest of the family scattered, but we know Esther's dead. We know where Michael went and we know where Elijah and Klaus are. Do you think there's other siblings or family members out there somewhere? So I think there must be other siblings. I think it's interesting that we didn't see any except our big three, Mm -hmm. but we know that there's a whole family in these coffins too. Sure. You think Henrik's in there? No. (laughs) Henrik decomposed. Yeah. Henrik's in the ground, mama. He he just missed it, baby. Henrik's fertilizer for the white oak tree. (laughs) If the tree didn't burn down, he would have killed it with his fucking sick ass body. Yeah. (laughs) So I do think there are other siblings somewhere. I don't know why Elijah wanted to meet him so bad if they all ran away the second their mom died, but who knows? That's me. Maybe that backstory will be fodder for a spinoff. Who knows? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. So then we go back to the flashback where Rebecca's watching Klaus bury their mother, which Rebecca saw as help, but really was just Klaus cleaning up. He was like, oh, you want to be here for this? Okay. He's like, yeah, uh, dad did this. She came in when he's dragging the body, he's dragging the body. And she's like, oh, my God, what happened? He's like, oh, my God, it's crazy. Dad killed mom. I just saw it. And then he ran away. And then he said it's because she broke his heart. Yeah. You know about the affair because, you know, I'm not his son and he blames her. He doesn't blame me for it. He's mad at her. He was (laughs) mad at her for it. Oh, my God. It was so scary. It was it was very scary. Thank God you didn't have to see it. Yeah. Thank God I'm the only one who had to see it and that there were no other witnesses. So don't even ask. (laughs) So don't ask. And and dad would lie about it if you ask him. Not that I think you would. But just so you know, if he ever says that he didn't kill mom, it's because he feels bad about it. He does. I promise you that. Don't ask me how I know that. But I know that. And God help the poor sap. He tries to pin it on. I don't know who he'll try to pin it on because I'm the only one who saw it, but I won't corroborate his story as the witness I was. Yeah, he's going to try to pin it on Henrik, I think. But don't believe him. <laughs> I I saw it with my own two eyes and I wouldn't lie. Look me in my eyes, Rebecca. Would I lie to you? And he's like looking off to the side. <laughs> he's like He's blinking like a lot. Yeah. He's like, she can't look at me too long. But Rebecca believes it hook line and sinker because why wouldn't she yeah yeah you know she's crying as he's burying their mother and she says i know you think she hated you klaus but she didn't and he looks at her like okay well too late now i killed her though he's like where were you 15 minutes ago (laughs) yeah i wish you had told me this 15 minutes ago and rebecca says she was just afraid i'm so sorry she turned her back on you but i'll never do that and elijah says nor will i liars (laughs) yeah they're all lying to him but to be fair, he is lying to them. <laughs> like it all comes around. Representation of siblings. Rebecca says, okay, so we're going to stick together as one always and forever. And they hold hands. Um, again, they're lying. <laughs> you got to wonder, because we don't know for sure, like when Elijah and Klaus had their big falling out, we know it's about their family. You got to wonder if Elijah knows this already. That is a good question, isn't it? I don't know why he wouldn't have told Elena that. Maybe it was just more information than she needed. But you got to wonder why he hates Klaus so much. Yeah. Even though Elijah doesn't seem to really like Michael either. But I guess maybe he liked their mom. 
That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's my point. Sorry. I don't think he's on Michael's side either. Yeah. I think he wanted to kill Klaus for himself. He maybe wanted to beat Michael to the punch because he hates Michael too. Yeah. He wanted to take that away from Michael. Yeah. Kind of two birds, one stone thing. Mm-hmm. Then in present day, Elena repeats like, oh, always and forever. She's like, cute saying. That should be a tagline for a spinoff. Oh, for the originals. Or maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's ever going to come back. Hard to say. She says, always and forever. Even though he locked you in a coffin for 90 years. You're asking the right questions, Elena. <laughs> Rebecca's like, it was only 90 years. Yeah. Rebecca says, ah, well, we're vampires. You know, our emotions, our personalities are heightened. I'm stubborn. Elijah's moral. Klaus has no tolerance for those who disappoint him. Klaus is a bitch ass. Klaus is a little baby bitch ass. <laughs> it's also like, Rebecca's like, yeah, of course he killed me when he got mad. Have you met me? I'm batshit. And have you met Klaus? He's crazy. She's like, I can't be mad at him for being crazy and impulsive. That's me. It's also so silly that she's like, the thing that was heightened about Elijah is that he's moral. It tracks with him. Yeah, it's funny. It's sad that that's his only personality trait, but- but hey, <laughs> Rebecca says, you know, over a thousand years as a family, we've all made the mistake of disappointing Klaus at least once. I've made it several times. And Elena says, but you still love him? And she says, he's my brother and I'm immortal. Should I spend eternity alone instead? Yeah, she's like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't like him all the time, but he is my brother. And then Rebecca pretty quickly brings herself back down to earth and realizes that Elena is not her friend. Yeah, and she's given a lot of information up. Yeah, she says, you heard the story, time to go. I don't know what you're up to, but I'm not playing along. And Elena says, I'm looking for like one good reason to not wake Michael. And Rebecca says, I've given you a thousand, but you will anyway, because I know I'm not stupid. I know you want him to kill my brother. Like, okay, well, yeah, Elena knows you know that. Yeah, that wasn't like that hard to figure out. Yeah, Elena's like, it's not really a secret that I want Klaus dead. He has a hold on Stefan's life and mine, dude. Yeah, she's like, yeah, I don't like him. And Rebecca says, you know what? Do what you want. Wake Michael at your own peril. But if you come after my brother, I'm going to rip you apart and I get my temper from my father. And this does kind of scare Elena. It's fair. It's pretty aggressive because she knows Rebecca could rip her to bits in seconds if she wanted to. Truly. So let me go back over to the dive bar. Michael is asking Stefan some questions about Klaus. Is he in the country? Has he spoken to you? Can you tell me the last time you spoke to him? Stefan's been compelled to say nothing. So all Stefan can say is like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I'm compelled. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And Damon says, I really hope 20 questions isn't your secret weapon, which is a good quip. Yeah. Michael says, you see, Damon, I've been a vampire hunter longer than you've been alive. It's how I found you here. And it's how I'm going to find Klaus. And Damon says, okay, uh, well, Klaus has been running for a thousand years from you specifically. So if you think you're going to get a workaround here. Yeah, he's like, to be honest, I'm not fully sold on what a good hunter you are if you're still chasing down your son. Not that he knows he's his son, but <laughs> it's like you can't find your own fucking son. Stefan found her a dad in 10 minutes. Yeah, it is kind of impressive that he found them at this bird that they don't normally go to. Like if they were at the grill, I'd be like, okay. That's not really a serve. Show me some real hunting. Yeah. Like it is kind of impressive, but Damon is right to be skeptical. However, Michael doesn't like Damon's skepticism. So he reaches into Damon's chest and just puts his hand around his heart and says, okay, Stefan, one move and his heart's going to be gone. So where's Klaus? And Michael says like, look, what's the trick question? One twist and Damon's dead. 
unless, of course, you don't care. And Damon says, you know, as a matter of fact, his emotions have been shut off, so he can't care. Yeah, Damon's like, I'm actually in a pretty tough situation here. Your timing is actually completely awful. (laughs) Yeah, I really, this is not the time to threaten me. And Michael says, oh, really? His link to Klaus is so strong that he'd let his own brother die? And again, you're trying to kill your son. You can't track this. Look in the mirror, King. <laughs> Look in the mirror. And Michael says, think, Stefan. And Stefan can't think of anything. And Michael says, you know what? I guess you are right. I guess he is a dead end. And so are you, Damon. He loves to give a little quip and he gives Stefan a little bit of room. And Michael like starts to pull Damon's heart. And then Stefan says, okay, wait, I can lure Klaus back to Mystic Falls. And it's like, ooh. And Michael puts his heart back in and says, there's our loophole. Just needed to rile you up. If you can get Klaus back to Mystic Falls, I will gladly drive a stake through his heart. But however, if you do fail, I will drive it through yours, which is unfortunately the problem with teaming up with a vampire hunter rather than someone who's just simply anti-original. Yeah. And also because, again, everyone told you not to wake this dude up. Yeah. And yet here he is. And they said, okay, uh, maybe not our best work, but (laughs) we're in it now. We're really in it now. And then Michael leaves for them and they can sit with that for a while. And we go back to the cave. Elena has joined Rick and Bonnie and Rick is filling Elena in on what they have figured out so far. The symbol for vampire, the symbol for werewolf, the, sli- the symbol for slaughter, etc. Elena spots the white oak tree and the part in the story where they burned it down. And Rick says, okay, great. So tree sort of means weapon, but we kind of piece that one together. And then he points at something they haven't been able to figure out yet. It is the witch symbol and a bleeding heart, and then the hybrid symbol and the witch symbol upside down with the heart. And Rick says upside down figures usually signify death of some kind. And Elena says, oh, well, Rebecca told me that Michael killed the witch by ripping out her heart. She says, I'm not quite sure why the hybrid symbol is there, though. Yeah. And it's like, Elena, I have a pretty good guess. And Rick and Bonnie don't get there right away because she doesn't get the story. And then. In a couple seconds, Elena's like, oh, oh, Rebecca does not know the story. <laughs> She's like, oh, Rebecca has some bad information. Like, oh, I've got bad news for Miss Rebecca. <laughs> I'm about to ruin her whole day. Like I didn't already by saying, go compel yourself a friend. Yeah, I already uh, cut pretty deep and I have to tell her that her brother killed her mom. <laughs> Ouchie. So Elena goes back to the Salvatore house and Rebecca says, I told you to leave. And Elena says, hey, Rebecca, how do you know that Michael killed your mother? And Rebecca says, uh, Nick was there. He told me. And it's like, and Elena says, "Okay, well, here's the thing. He did lie. (laughs) He he was there. That's true. He he told you the truth about that part. (laughs) He told you the truth about him being there. And she says, look, uh, the cave where you carved your names, it's covered in symbols, tells the story of your family. And she shows her the story that's up there to kind of like give herself some credibility. She's like, look, here's the hybrid symbol. Here's the one for your mom. Now, here's the story of your mom's death. And notice how the hybrid symbols here. She's like, Rebecca, you're you're following what I'm saying, right? Like, I do have the pictures right here. So um, not Michael, but Klaus killed her. And Rebecca says, uh, no. And Elena says, well, let's think about it here, Mama, critically. She put the curse on him. She made sure he'd be the only one of his kind, and then she rejected him. And the werewolf gene has aggression tied to it and violence. So when he turned into a vampire, that was heightened. So he killed your mom, and then he lied about it so that he wouldn't lose you. 
The logic's pretty airtight. It's pretty airtight. And I'm going to have to side with Klaus on this one. Yeah, you can't really blame him. And also it crystallizes why Michael would be hunting Klaus. Because if Michael just killed their mom, why is he hunting all the kids? Yeah, I don't really know why like Rebecca thinks Michael's hunting them. Like maybe she thinks that, oh, he killed their mom. Now he wants to kill all of them. Like maybe he's just a dick. Yeah, clearly he was already a dick before he was a vampire. Yeah, so I don't know if she's given that much critical thought to it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Rebecca starts to kind of like throw a little bit of a tantrum. She's like, these mean nothing. They're just stupid drawings by stupid people who don't know anything about my family. And then she throws them in the fire. And Elena's like, then why are you so upset? Why are you so pressed, girl? (laughs) Elena's like, girl, it's a cave painting. Burning those isn't going to get rid of them. Yeah, it's still up in the cave. (laughs) Those aren't the originals. (laughs) I hate to tell you this. Those are copies. I have more of those. Rebecca says, you know, why are you doing this to me? I've done nothing to you. And it's like, okay, you've been kind of mean to her. (laughs) You've not been the best. And you are heavily teamed up with someone who tried to kill all her friends and did kill her aunt. So, yeah. And it's not like Elena's doing anything to her except like just showing her cave paintings and telling her what they mean. But it's Rebecca. This is kind of the reaction you would expect her to have, I think. Yeah. Because she's just been confronted with the fact that for a thousand years, like one of her only two allies who she has a very complicated relationship with, but is her brother actually killed her mom. And she's been running from this guy who didn't kill her mom. Yeah. And Elena digs into this because she can tell Rebecca's pretty close to a breakthrough here. Elena says, Klaus killed your mother. He has a hold on you, on me, on everyone and has for a thousand years. We need to stop him. And Rebecca says, like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Her veins and her teeth show. Elena's a little bit scared. But as Rebecca stares at her, she, like, takes a deep breath. The veins go away. And then the realization hits Rebecca. She sees the logic and she, like, breaks down and starts crying. Yeah, because she's like, I can't ignore this. This is obviously true. She's like, this logic is clearly airtight. She's like, and it does make sense that Klaus would do this. She's like, that does sound like him. Now that I'm thinking of it, it sounds a lot like him. And it is kind of crazy that he just told me he was in the room and it happened. And I just didn't question anything about that. Yeah. She's like, now that's annoying because now I feel stupid. Yeah. So then we go outside the dive bar and Damon says, "Ooh, you get points for flair, Stefan. And Stefan's like, well, now we learn where Klaus and Elijah learned their tricks from that sociopath. And Damon says, okay, just one thing. You didn't really have to wait till the last second to have your breakthrough. And Stefan says, who had a breakthrough? Not me. (laughs) Damon says, "Uh, you saved your brother's life. Your humanity is showing, King. And Stefan says, you know what? You're right. You reminded me what my freedom felt like. And when we kill Klaus, I will be free to leave. I didn't do this for you. I did this for myself. And Damon says, whatever. Yeah, Damon's like, you can think that. Damon's like, either way, I got out of that alive, thanks to my brother. This seems to imply that Stefan, if they kill Klaus, is going to leave town. Yeah, it does imply that, that he's ready to go live on his own with no humanity, just go have fun like he did in Chicago. You think he's going to do that? No. (laughs) Well, first of all, Klaus will not be dying because I think we're all going to come around that, yeah, Klaus killed his mom. But Michael's still the more evil one. And his mom was not particularly kind to him. Yeah, his mom was not particularly kind. She was mortal anyway. She was going to die in like 20 more years, probably less considering it was the year 1000. Yeah. Like I'm still kind of team Klaus in this little face off. And I do think they're going to 
it's not a coincidence that any person they asked, including Anna, who has no reason to say this, was like, no, don't wake him up. I think they're all going to make a realization that Klaus and Rebecca and Elijah, that's the team they should be on. And especially, here's the other thing about Esther that pisses me off. We know that she put the hybrid curse on Klaus because she felt like hybrids upset the balance of nature. Mama, you created vampires. You created vampires just so your kids could stay alive. Pot can't call the kettle black, Miss Mama. And she's like, oh, it's it's too much. and It messes with nature. Girl, you cheated on your husband. Yeah, girl, you messed with nature 10 minutes ago (laughs) by turning your kids into vampires and you're just trying to cover up your affair. The secret's out, girly. Yeah, you're just mad that you, because you slept with a werewolf, now this happened. Take it out on your husband who's clearly upset at you. Yeah, take it out on your fucking abusive husband. Yeah, he's literally abusing your kids. You want to protect your kids from pain? Get rid of your husband. (laughs) Yeah, if you want your kids to live, you know, even if you don't want to make them immortal, Kill your husband. He's seconds from killing Klaus. Yeah. So I'm not mad at Klaus for killing her. I think that was justified. I see his point of view for that. So I do think Klaus is not going to die. And I think Stefan's going to find a way to turn this humanity back on without that. Great. Stefan says, hey, why is everybody trying to save me? And Damon says, because I have to. You're in this mess with Klaus because you saved my life and I owe you. And I can't leave you in a cell to rot. And Stefan says, Oh, be careful. Your humanity's showing. Not a burn. His humanity's not off. Yeah, not a burn. His humanity's been on. He's like, I know it's showing. I'm showing it. (laughs) And it's less embarrassing for him than it used to be. Yeah. He's good with it now. Yeah, Stefan isn't quite giving him the burn that he thinks he is. Then Damon punches Stefan because you know what? Stefan does need a punch right now. He's being a little bit of a brat. Yeah. And he's (laughs) just, the thing about Stefan with his humanity off, yeah, he's sexy and fun, whatever. But he's not particularly like, like he's not as cutting as he thinks he is. Like he really thinks he's serving with stuff he says. And it's like, okay, no, that was just kind of rude. Like, yeah, it doesn't make him any more clever. None of this like swagger reached his brain. Yeah. (laughs) And they fight a little bit, but Damon really overpowers Stefan quite easily. Yeah. It's like he is just barely punching and Stefan like flies. Yeah. It's like Stefan, you've been drinking blood all afternoon and Damon's been drinking whiskey all afternoon. He beat your ass. That's embarrassing. Yeah, that's real embarrassing. Soon enough, Klaus is not going to want you on his team anymore if you keep doing this. Yeah. I was like, this is not the guy I knew in Chicago. <laughs> so then we go over to the Salvatore house just for a second to catch up with Rebecca, who is still on the floor crying. And I know this is not the point, but Elena's gone now. So you have to imagine at some point between Rebecca falling to the floor and crying and now Elena had to be like, okay, well, I'm going to head out. Yeah, sorry, I just had to tell you that, but I have school in the morning, so I got to go. Elena's like, so that's all I got. That's all for me. You have any follow-up questions? Text me um, if you need anything. Like, well, you have my number. (laughs) (laughs) Or she just waited till like Rebecca was really bent over and like walked out kind of quiet. Didn't say anything. Rebecca looked up and she's like, that fucking bitch. Elena's like, well, (laughs) I'll see myself out. (laughs) (laughs) And then we go over to the Gilbert house. Elena goes to her room where Damon is laying in her bed and she says, seriously? And he's like, hey, we got Michael. Guess Catherine came through. Didn't ask any follow up questions about Catherine, but whatever. And he says, plans in motion. That is what Catherine gets. Yeah. (laughs) After you treat people like that. Yeah, they're going to stop asking if you're okay. (laughs) They're just going to assume you're going to show up at some point because you keep doing it. You keep not dying. (laughs) 
And Damon says, I told you I had it. And then he says, but okay, please go ahead and kick, yell and scream. I'm sure you've been planning your rant to me all day for letting Stefan out. And she says, I'm not going to yell at you. And he says, oh, why not? I went behind your back. I freed Stefan. And you know what? Honestly, TBH, it backfired. He's a bigger dick than before, but he is on our side now. So that's a win. And Elena says, I'm not mad at you. I'm just tired and I want to go to bed. And she tries to lift her blankets, but Damon's laying on them. So she can't really lift him at first. She has the hardest time getting this blanket up. I think probably she's trying to like shake him off the bed. Oh, yeah. More than trying to lift the blankets because logically she can get under them. And he's like, no, I'm going to be here. He says, no, we're cuddling, baby. I was here first. (laughs) (laughs) And Damon says here that he thinks Michael's weapon is a stake because he mentioned it. And this was kind of... I don't know if it's a stupid move by Michael because earlier Michael said like, I'll drive a stake. I'll drive a stake. It's like, you just told them that your weapon is a stake. I don't think he even thought about it that much. I bet. I don't know. You would have to think that he would assume this weapon is a secret. Yes. Especially being a hunter for this long. It feels like a lapse in judgment to admit that. I mean, granted, we don't know if it's just like a straightforward stake or if there's something else special about it, but it gives a pretty big clue. He also could think that they don't know that it's not just a normal stake mm-hmm. because he doesn't really know their whole history with Klaus and Elijah yeah, and everything. Cause... Like he might think that they think that you can just kill Klaus with a normal stake. Although then why would they be asking him how? Because they would have tried that first. It seems like he's resting on his laurels of being scary. I think he was like, these two are stupid. I hunted them down in a day. like, And they don't look particularly smart, to be fair to them. They're just sitting at the bar drinking. He's like, I know these two guys. Yeah, he's like, they're not going to think about this at all. Like, I-, I think he honestly didn't think about it, which was dumb by him. Yeah. You've been alive for a thousand years, King. Don't drop clues. Yeah. It's his pride. It's superiority complex. He thinks mm-hmm. that no one is smart enough to figure this out, even if he gives them clues. That's so true. It is his pride. And Elena says, well, he must have curved it before they burned the white oak tree because she's made the connection that the white oak tree is the kind of wood they're going to need. And it does track that he would cut out some stakes from that tree before they burned it down because he hates his kids. He said, I really want to kill my kids again. He said, he said, you know, I'm not 100 percent that I want to kill Klaus, but I want to be able to if I want to. I want to have the option. (laughs) Yeah. And Damon says, oh, I was right. The wall led us to Michael. And Elena's like, well, it did lead us to more than that because I think I got Rebecca on our side too, which is an asset if they did indeed get her on their side, which remains kind of to be seen. I think it's like iffy at best, but I think, you know. She's closer than she was. Whether she's on their side or not, she does know a lot about Rebecca now. Mm -hmm. So that information is still leverage in its own way. Yeah, she's definitely developed a a more useful working relationship with Rebecca than any of them have had thus far. Yeah, I would say Rebecca respects Elena the most out of any of them. Mm -hmm. And so that's an asset. And then Elena decides to give up and just lay in bed with Damon. So we get a little bit of a Delana Sweetie Pie moment. Yeah, they're just, they're laying. They don't really cuddle because she's under the covers and he's on top of them, but they are in bed together. So Delana stands, we are eating tonight. Mmm, yummy. Yeah, they are inches away from each other. They could kiss. I, I was sitting there, I was like, we might be getting a kiss. We might be getting a kiss. No, no such, no such kiss. Damon says, oh, what'd you learn? And Elena says, I learned that Rebecca's just a girl who lost her mom too young, who loves blindly and recklessly, even if it consumes her. Sounding pretty similar to you, Miss Elena. And they look at each other longingly. And Elena says, you know, 
when all is said and done, nothing is more important than the bond of family. And Damon says, tell my brother that. This is a classic move for them at this point, that anytime they get a little too close to kissing, someone's got to bring up Stefan. Yeah, they're like, you know, it's really important that we pay attention to our family. The ultimate cock block. Yeah, Stefan. It, it barely works. Yeah, it is losing steam fast. <laughs> They're like, who cares about that guy? He sucks. And Elena says, I'm not mad at you for letting Stefan out. And then she turns out the light. So they're laying in bed in the dark. And it's like, ooh, time to kiss. I swear it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is not. Um, instead, Elena says, I think that you're going to be the one to save Stefan from himself. It won't be because he loves me. It'll be because he loves you. Elena saw deep into what, how strong that sibling bond is because it, you know, she has a sibling. She understands it to some degree, but to have a sibling for like hundreds of years, different kind of connection. You can't sever that sibling bond. Exactly. And to have a sibling who's not bitch ass Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just kidding. I know Stephanie likes Jeremy. Well, now you can freely hate on him as you choose. It won't, it won't derail me. I know. Um, And then Elena says, can I tell you the rest tomorrow? And he says, sure. And she goes to sleep and he watches her. And that's where we end the episode on a nice little Delena sweet moment. Nice little sweet moment. So we learned a lot of backstory this episode, which I think is obviously going to inform our characters going forward. I do think they are doing such a cool job of the original's backstory and like who the originals are as characters, I feel like we really have a good picture of like particularly Rebecca and Klaus, but I do think Elijah somewhat as well of like their motivations, why they act like this, why they're a little crazy. Like, I feel like their characters are very well formed. That's something I do think the Vampire Diaries does very well in general. And the originals are the most striking example of it. The villains are very well drawn and they spend a good chunk of time getting to know them. And that a lot of the alliances shift. We saw that in the first season too, where Damon was our main antagonist for the first part of the season. And now he's well integrated onto the team. Mm -hmm. Catherine was our main antagonist for a good chunk of season two. And now she's kind of in and out of being integrated on this team. And we saw that like Rebecca says she hates Elena, but now she's kind of like playing with an alliance with them. So the villains are well drawn enough that they can kind of move alliances in a believable way, which I think is hard to do on a supernatural show because a supernatural show can very easily fall on vampires and werewolves hate each other because it's an easy plot device. And I think a lot of supernatural shows in particular, but teen dramas as well, really overthink things, try to build up the drama for these twists and turns. And the vampire Diaries successfully has these twists, but with very basic storylines. Like this is just, they hate their dad. Yeah. But it's still a twist somehow. And because it's a supernatural show and because it's a teen drama, you're expecting like some crazy reason. It's like, no, it is their dad and he was mean to them as kids. Yeah, like, no, their dad's just mean. Their mom turned them because she didn't want her kids to die. That's why vampires were created. Yeah, it's very human reactions to supernatural things. It's the heart of the vampire diaries. But it's really the most clear with the originals. Like this has been clear throughout it, but the originals, I think, show that in such a fun way. So I'm really loving getting to know their backstories. Obviously, I'm a big Rebecca Stan. I've made that immediately clear. Well, and you can tell too, this is like kind of the episode because I knew that the spinoff, the originals existed. I didn't know what the story of the originals was. I think you still do not like what that spinoff is about. I don't. 
but you can see in this episode, you're like, oh yeah, I can see why the fans were asking for a spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me a spinoff of these people. Yeah, let me watch some more Rebecca. More Rebecca, more Klaus, more Elijah. I'm not really fighting for more Elijah at this point, but we'll see. We'll see, you might change. He's my lowest ranked original. No, he's above Michael, obviously. I barely even count Michael as an original. Yeah, I count him as a bitch ass. Yeah, he's a little bootlicker bitch ass who hates his own kids for some reason. Go play catch with your kids. Go hunt a fucking lamb for your kids to eat, dude. Yeah, go bring home some food. How about? Yeah, get a job. But that's the end of this week's episode. As always, if you guys are enjoying Doppelgangers and the Vampire Diaries, please feel free to tell your friends. And also go give us five stars rating and review on Apple Podcasts and five stars on Spotify Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But we will see you guys next week. So for this week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. <laughs>